where people come across that creepy doll in the woods and they're like look at this creepy doll let me take it home i'm like hell no that shit is haunted (laughs) you're gonna bring demons upon yourself like what's wrong with you hey it's anisha and this is atifa and we are the am pm bibliophiles All right, guys, welcome back. This week, we read The Sundown Motel by Simone St. James. (laughs) Um, Why don't we jump into our one-sentence summaries? Atifa, would you like to go first? (laughs) Uh, I I can. And Anisha says, uh, this week we read. Um, Unfortunately, I was not able to finish reading this book. Second time this has happened and yeah, it was just too busy of a week and I couldn't quite manage to squeeze in reading time. So unfortunately, I don't have a one sentence summary, but Anisha, what, what's your yes. one sentence summary? Mine is the perfect true crime novel for today's unsolved crime enthusiasts. <laughs> nice. It's a quite hard book to write a oh gosh voice crack to write a one sentence summary for because just some a lot of stuff happened in it this book truly is a true crime podcast novel (laughs) like (laughs) you know you get the perspective of because there's two main characters right so the one in present time carly you get her kind of true crime solving and you know trying to figure out what's happening because you know the case that she's trying to figure out is her missing aunt and then on the flip side you hear Viv's experience and why she was in Phil what she was doing and you find out that there was a serial killer and that it turns out the aunt really isn't missing and in fact she murked the serial killer in a twist of events which was pretty great I was like yay <laughs> she didn't die but also <laughs> where the hell was she I have a question um so she ended up uh killing the serial killer viv ended up killing the serial killer why did she fake her own death that is a really good question in the book the way they talked about it was it was the 1980s in a small town even if it was self-defense she still murdered him and she covered Uh, it up it's 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 like a double whammy it's like if you accidentally murdered someone you should have called the cops and said oh self-defense but I mean, they would have noticed that she stabbed him twice. And that's not self-defense because, you know, once and then he was on the ground and then you go in for a second shot. And that wasn't quite self-defense. It's a little bit of both. And in some ways, it was kind of great for Viv. She could kind of restart. And she had almost 35 years of just a new person. I did like that one part where um, in Viv's time, there was another guest at the hotel, this like beatnik pot smoking guy um James so she hooked up with him and you know later on when she was talking to Carly about you know what she's been doing she's like you know we had a thing and stuff you know you girl gotta lose her virginity somehow and I was like (laughs) (laughs) I love where this is going and what's funny is that um Carly makes that exact same quote with the guy that she met at the uh, motel oh as well so I was like, I, I love that, you know, sense of continue, continuation between the two of them. It's in the family. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it was, it was really good. And reading this book, honestly, I think it would be best adapted as a TV show, kind of like Cruel Summer, if anyone's watched it, the freeform show, because of the way they switch through time periods and, you know, go back and forth. 
it'd be really well adapted for that and they could really stretch it out and make it almost like ahs american horror story like you know really dark and you know fun stuff so definitely like keep out for that if you haven't read the book definitely stay out for the show i think amazon picked it up so hopefully it'll be coming soon within the next year or so other than that i would say it was a pretty good like mystery thriller book even though atifa did read we both enjoyed it from the beginning part from when we talked about it earlier i i've got to admit though i never really got into the true crime podcast phase i don't know i feel like i did hear a while back lots of people going into that um that space and getting really really interested uh, in serial killers in crime murder mystery i haven't gotten (laughs) into that yet and i don't know why you're like i'm just not into murder or things about (laughs) murder that's just not my vibe why do you you think people um... are so interested anisha i have no idea yeah, I, I don't think I've really listened to any true, true crimey podcast for sure. But I mean, I have listened to BuzzFeed Unsolved because um, that's a little bit more humorous. And I also just like it's just good background noise. And it's nice to just listen to two people just like have fun and go on these silly adventures and visiting haunted houses and talking about, you know, unsolved mysteries and everything. One thing I would say that we should dive into is the ghosts. So what are your thoughts on ghosts? Because in this book, ghosts are kind of almost in some ways like the moving force that kind of pushes both main characters into trying to figure out what's going on with this motel. Yeah, I don't know where I stand on ghosts, because once you start talking about ghosts, you also have, well, you should address, you know, things like spirits and and otherworldly creatures. that have potential to exist. I do believe that there is something else that we cannot see, or well, most of us cannot see. Um, I don't like the idea that there are ghosts because I I just want people to like go to wherever they go afterwards. There's that's really um, it's really tiring to to have to to live for so long. Oh well, not so long sometimes because generally the the thing is that ghosts stay around because there's unresolved problems. But you're a ghost. How can you resolve it? <laughs> well, if you've ever seen the show Ghost Whisperer, she definitely helps uh, them do that. But So you pester um, humans who can see you. That sounds yeah, great. I mean, mediums, really. I definitely do believe in ghosts. I've experienced that in my life. Well, my college campus was part of a historic town, and that town has had a battle there, so there were dead people a lot of like crazy shit has happened like fires and you know crazy stuff there and it's historic so you know there's a lot of dead people usually in those types of towns in one of the neighborhoods that I guess was kind of built on battlegrounds or land that was potential battlegrounds definitely felt the presence and might have seen stuff when we went trick-or-treating one year I know it it has to be Halloween, of course. That's the that's the real setting. But I saw, like, from my memory, like, I remember getting, like, the chills and being like, I want to leave. Like, I don't feel comfortable here. I want to drive away. We were walking down a lane um, in this neighborhood that my friends, well, ex, lived. And we were just goofing around, you know, dressed in Scooby-Doo costumes, <laughs> as one would. Who are you? And... I was Velma. Mm, <laughs> My nice. friend was Scooby. 
her ex was Shaggy and then our other friend was Daphne. We didn't have a friend, unfortunately, um, at that time. But we were just like goofing around, you know, being like young adults and going (laughs) trick-or-treating. And we were walking down. It was kind of just us. And, you know, there weren't as many lights on the houses because some people don't put their porch lights on. And then I remember just like him saying like, oh, like sometimes you might see people in these neighborhoods and it's creepy. And his house in and of itself was haunted. So I was like, I hate going to your house because (laughs) it just gives me the like heebie-jeebies. His attic, which is a separate attachment on his garage, the light would just turn on at night, but no one was in there. And like you would see shadows move there, but no one was in there. His parents were in the house. His brother wasn't there. And like they've gone up. There's no one there. So that's when you're like, Mm-mm, I'm not being in your driveway, just making <laughs> eye contact with that <laughs> garage door. Like, Oh, yeah, no. But to the original story, we yeah. were walking down this like street and I just noticed kind of at the end I saw a figure so I was like okay there's just someone there it's and then let's just like detour when we were driving back to my apartment my roommate and like our other friend we got kind of a bit close closer to it like where I could kind of see it from like an angle maybe like a couple meters away because you know it was at a turning point right that we had to turn left and it was on the right a little bit down the street that's when I saw someone just standing there in like a soldier like position like you know someone just like ready to like holding a gun like almost ready to kind of like prepare to like fire and I was like oh my god that's that's not a real person is it (laughs) and yeah civil war costume I was like it feels this feels wrong so definitely feel like I saw something could have been my imagination it could have been me sugar high off of the mini candy that I ate but you did know any of, did any of your friends something. see something at that point they were in a conversation so it was just me but like they both felt really like the thing is I wasn't the only one who felt like presence of stuff like my friend has in her ex's house has been like you know affected by the ghosts or whatever lives there affected She's like, yeah, yeah. He had this like old like radio that wasn't connected, right? Yeah. Or like some music playing device. It wasn't connected to electricity. There was nothing in it. It wasn't charged or whatever, no batteries or like the batteries weren't working. It all of a sudden turned on and the like the, you know, like the radio signal that like changes stations, it moved down, mm-hmm. got to a specific station and was playing music. And then the volume turned all the way up and she was like, it's not plugged in. that's not right and she swears she saw stuff like people moving like the she's like I thought I saw I thought it was his brother but his brother wasn't at the house it was someone else so you know definitely she's experienced the ghost stuff anyone who has experienced ghost stuff or wants to know what it feels like it's like in any like animal where they their instincts just make their like hair stand on the back of their neck like you feel something's wrong like your gut instinct like something doesn't feel right something is wrong bad vibes that's the feeling you you get and then you know it's either your gut and your mind playing against each other so you could be seeing things if you truly don't believe that you are seeing it or if you are then that shit's scary as hell and go away (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like those videos on tiktok or youtube where people come across that creepy doll in the woods and they're like look at this creepy doll let me take it home I'm like hell no 
that shit is haunted you're gonna bring demons upon yourself like what's wrong with you yeah. people asking for trouble they are asking for trouble horror movies are based off of people just i think i don't know what it would be why do people feel the need to delve further into a scary situation is it not the not having the ability to see the scary in the situation I get in the horror movie if they're trying to solve like a mystery or like a murder, like a true crime thing. But once the supernatural delves in, delves in that's when I back off <laughs> because you're human. Supernatural shit is like trumping that, right? Yeah. So like in those like scary movies where it's like demons or possession or like the creepy doll, that's when I'm like, okay, the doll is haunted. I'm going to ditch the house, douse myself in some holy water, maybe find a priest to kind of, you know, expunge me. So I'm all good and checked out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like there are people who purposely buy houses that are haunted or people who, you know, look, there are people who do that. I'm the complete opposite. If you ever buy a house, definitely check if anyone was murdered there oh. or has died there because, you know, that affects the house the oh energy God. everything but yeah like horror movies like when you think of those like b-roll movies of like you know the virgin that one black guy the the slutty person who dies first it's like they're like there's a serial killer and he's on the loose let's run into the basement where he can't find us it's like why would you go into a closed space <laughs> where someone can close the door or you know can easily get you you need to run to the police <laughs> run to you know like get the authorities uh, uh but although i do understand why it's always a group like you hardly ever have even in this in this book it started off with just carly but pretty soon like naturally other people became involved and got recruited into the mission um you can't do this kind of thing by yourself even with Viv who was pretty much mostly on her own like she did have the help of other people but I would say it was a different time like in the 80s I feel like nowadays stranger danger is a thing and the concept of doing things in group just you know like pack mentality and like pack awareness like the more people the better you are to survive oh yeah <laughs> but yeah like I, I don't know like even in this situation like okay a good mystery is a good mystery but when your life is on the line I think you should you know <laughs> skedaddle <laughs> I don't think it's a worth it especially if like stuff is affecting you or it's messing with you that's when you need to be like okay you know like I'm not gonna play any games I'm gonna leave you alone I'm gonna just take myself out of the equation okay 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 so hold on I've got multiple questions think back to last week's was it last week's episode no it was the one before that the the lost apothecary that was also a um uh it was a, a mystery. mystery yeah a mystery yeah. Un un unfurling but this one is also it's a mystery but with murder so that's where you draw the line because in the lost apothecary you're like yes this is every historian's well, no, that's, dream for me at least it's not that i draw the line at murder i draw the line at ghosts ah. and like supernatural stuff that is my line you know what i mean i would love to solve a murder mystery like a true crime thing where you're trying to figure out who the serial killer is especially if it's like decades decades old like these cases you know like they're missing what happened to them 
you know, figuring out that stuff, that's super interesting. And, it, you know, that's such a thrill to like solve, you know, it's like a puzzle. I draw the line at supernatural stuff. So like Emmy, Amityville horror or Annabelle or all that stuff. Uh-uh. That's when I'm like, I'm not going in that house. I'm gonna stand, you know, at the end of the street. I'll see it in a distance. You're not gonna get me to go in. No way, no way. The thing with bad energy, the thing with haunted things is that depending on how your energy is and how you kind of give off your single, your soul, your spirit or whatever, they can latch on to that, which is how people can, you know, get poltergeists, right? Right, what does that mean? Okay, so a poltergeist is a type of ghost or some type of spirit of some kind or, you know, dark energy, you could say, depending on how bad it is. But it can be mainly it's ghosts, I would say, that clings on to a specific object or person, right? So it's not quite possession, but it's like a poltergeist is someone who specifically haunts you. Move into a house that has a poltergeist, that poltergeist is stuck in its house. Kind of like how the Sundown Motel had all those ghosts. Something in that house is rooting them there. But yeah, I draw the line at supernatural stuff. Ghosts, possessed inanimate objects yeah hell no that's when you're like nope it's out of out of my ether (laughs) fair enough like i'm not gonna you know this is insidious stuff this i am not gonna deal with this i don't have the patience to like get the holy water get the priest hold the seance no and the thing with people who do because you know seances and the we like ouija board have you ever done one no why would i no yeah see i again I would never do one. It's like asking for trouble, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't mind having the board in my house as a decoration or for, like, a prop for Halloween. But would I ever use it? No, no, no. Again, asking for trouble. I think the the other thing as well is for people who do use um, those kinds of things, it's just got to be the fact that they don't believe in it or or that they're like super like they want they want to know more they Fair enough they're open the to like feel you know whatever is there i'm the complete opposite i'm like i don't want to know more i want to have them leave me the f alone like <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to be troubled by some demonic or evil or troubled ghost who could make my life more stressful yeah. than it needs to be the thing about ghosts i think that creeps creeps me out the most if you see a ghost in their like death face so like the outfit and like the image they were in when they died or children children for some reason are the creepiest when dead i don't know what it is maybe it's just like their creepy voices <laughs> <laughs> like in the book the one boy who like dr- um i guess not drowned but he got he hit his head in the pool and he died from that because at least I feel like with an adult ghost, you kind of know that there is, most of the time there is bad intent or not bad intent, but they know what it is that's happening. Children generally don't realize. So they're kind of stuck more yeah. so than adult ghosts. Have you heard of like those haunted asylums that like held um, children who were had like mental disabilities? Oh no, no, I haven't. And now I do know. Yeah, so, like, there's a bunch of them, I feel like, everywhere, because, you know, I think until maybe 40 or 50 years ago, they started closing them because they found out that those places would often, their remedies or 
treatments for the children were like shock therapy and all these horrible things that could kill them and like you find you know dead children you know buried there or like all these crazy stories and I'm like oh why would I ever go to this place I already don't like dead creepy children why do I want to be surrounded by more (laughs) but it's like actually insane yeah that's a an idea in the making that would be truly yeah. if if there are movie directors out there wanting a truly horrific viewing experience for people interested in this those kinds of silence i think it's it's children and also the the other end of the uh, spectrum as well is the elderly the elderly mm. who are also more vulnerable because of whatever degradation of mind of body of whatever it could be any asylum that treated mental disabilities and the treatment was really treatment it was like you know lobotomies shock therapy you know all these crazy stuff that didn't treat anybody of anything all it did was just break them down more and make them more susceptible to whatever is affecting them I really think asylums and even sometimes orphanages depending on how creepy the orphanage is but definitely asylums would probably be like the most haunted stuff i don't know if you know about this but there's a house somewhere i forgot what state it is in the u.s where this lady her last name is winchester so i'm just gonna call her lady winchester and i'm sure people listening out here probably know about this but atifa is in australia so she definitely definitely (laughs) doesn't know about this but she was part of a family that was known to make a type of gun it was like a winchester rifle or gun or whatever she had a lot of money and she was building this house and i don't understand why she was really building this house but none of the rooms connected and it was like a maze like it was crazy stuff and they were like why is she building this like her house this way like nothing makes sense like there are doors that lead to unfinished hallways and you know doors that won't open doors that you know lead to random like corridors and like all kinds of crazy stuff like truly like a mind fucky house and she was like the demons or like you know the ghosts they they need a place and they need more so you can actually visit this house and like see the craziness and people have done it they're like it's it's creepy there what, like, why so, do the ghosts need i don't know she was like they need she was like i have to build this house like continually building these rooms and stuff and I know they made a movie about it that's a little fictional, but like the actual story is just even like weirder because you're like, why is she building this house, this widow, this like old lady with all this money? I mean, the people who are building the house are probably like, I don't care why she's doing it. I, I'm glad that she's paying me to build this, you know, like no matter what, but like, yeah, it's crazy. Like there are rooms that, you know, like are dead ends or like, you know, if you get stuck in this room, you can never make it out alive because you're locked in there's no windows like it's actually crazy like the house oh, itself no. a true maze and like weird stuff but i think it's in california i could be wrong but yeah definitely check out the winchester house if you are into this stuff or don't probably, or don't i mean <laughs> totally up to your you know what you feel like doing if you have the opportunity to do it but yeah, there's so many haunted stuff. Like if you actually like Google in the area that you live, you probably will find haunted stuff because, you know, I don't think there's any place in the world there where something bad hasn't happened, you know? <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> it is kind of sad, but it's kind of like reality, you know? It is reality. No, you're not wrong. 
you can't really, there's no country that can avoid bad things happening to it. I mean, using America as an example, like serial killers truly like as a term, as a like a rise in murders actually happened post-World War II. Like I would say in the 60s to 70s, which, you know, funnily is kind of referred to as like the time for love like the season of love (laughs) the peace you know because you know we're having vietnam north like korea like all those wars there's also a rise in serial killings in those times that's like where you get the most famous serial killers like ted bundy like some axe murderers from like wherever and like like i know there's a guy named ed who is also a serial killer who's really really big but like you those people like that happened in that time and they always murdered women like it, it was mainly women that got murdered not to say that there aren't female serial killers because there are wait what's but, your theory yeah. about that why do you think that happened post-world war ii um probably because i don't know like there's a documentary that did talk about this like why is that like a huge thing but i mean it isn't to say that there aren't serial killers before then like, I mean, Jack the Ripper, for instance, a famous serial killer, but I would say in the in the periods before the 60s and 70s, it wasn't as frequent. I mean, then again, it wasn't as recorded or people didn't connect the dots like that. But at this time, like stuff started becoming similar, like people had, you know, hunting grounds, you know, it's, it's so, you know, interesting to think about it that way. But I think it was just the rise of like crime as well. You know, there's a cr- rise in crime. There's a rise in all this stuff. So it all kind of like worked out together, you know? Poverty. Yeah, there's just like, I forgot what the documentary is called, but it really made a beautiful case of why this stuff is connected. And it had to do, I mean, there was political and socioeconomic, you know, influences as well. I think it's just also society. Because society did kind of a 360. It went from like wartime area and it went to like, okay, guys, you need to like get married, have the 2.5 kids, move to suburbia. You need to live life like this and do that. And, you know, I don't know, I guess it fucks some people up. And with everything else going around, around then with like race, with love, you know, with Mm. all that stuff. The world, the whole world just needed a therapist. Really did. But yeah, serial killers are super interesting. Definitely check out, I know there is a Ted Bundy documentary and the new movie that came out recently with Zac Efron. Uh, For any High School Musical fans that are out (laughs) on Netflix. (laughs) Isn't the guy trying Um, to run away from High School Musical? (laughs) Yeah, but like that's what made him famous. So, you know, like you got to have like that one thing to kind of connect you to something. But he did a fantastic job as Ted Bundy and the survivors of Ted Bundy were like, you know, he's not overly sexualizing Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy was an attractive man. That's how he lured these women. That's how he got these women. It's an actually insane. That's so a strange weird. thing as well, though, when you consider a lot of, um, I don't know if it's a double standard, but sometimes if it could be, you know, any, any um, gender, but sometimes when a person is... Um, I don't know, making a move, flirting, all those things, depending on how attractive the other party finds them, the less attractive they are generally, you do hear that the less likely whoever they're flirting with is going to respond to their, um, to their endeavors. So Ted Bundy, classic case, you're pretty, you get pretty girls. Yeah. And it's always like, you know, there's always like, 
I feel like typecast is the wrong word, but like they have a specific person or type that they go for, right? So depending on what their MO is, they go after the pretty blonde girl and every victim is a type of pretty blonde girl that looks like the first victim, which you assume is the OG, right? The reason why. But I feel like there is a, yeah, there's a statistic, I think. Okay, so I just went on like this website, Psychology Today, and it's saying that the FBI estimates that there are 25 to 50 serial killers operating throughout the U.S. at any given time. And if there are 50, then each one is responsible for an average of 3.4 murders per year. And that serial killers are always present in society. It's just whether or not they become, you know, actually hunting, if they're actually hunting or not. And it it kind of goes, there is a statistic out there that like one in five people that you meet, I mean, I feel like my numbers might be wrong, but it's, it was pretty small, is like a sociopath or something. And that is insane. Like one in five people, or let's say one in seven people that you meet randomly could be a sociopath. And if you think about that, and you think about the statistic I gave earlier about serial killers, like in a big ass population, that's like a good portion. Like that's scary. So what that what that um, website is saying that they do exist and they do exist in large numbers, but not all of them act on their motives or on, on their desires. Yeah, like it's really just like, are they practicing (laughs) which is like a weird way to like say it um and I'm probably using the wrong terminology so for anybody who's a criminologist or studies this in psychology I'm sure you're like these stupid girls don't know what they're talking about that's okay you're right we Um, are stupid and we don't know what we're talking about (laughs) (laughs) but I will say that like with serial killers like something has to trigger them for them to kind of start doing what they do they have to feed this like hunger that's you know triggered by their first killing or whatever unnatural desire they have you know like you think of Jeffrey Dahmer who was gay and would lure gay men for sex and then kill them and do mutilate their bodies and he was the guy who made like skin lamps and like you know would keep eyeballs in the fridge and you know stuff like that and like eat them that at that point you're like what like huh yeah oh my gosh this reminds me what's the guy's face army hammer hammer army 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 hammer Army Hammer. yeah the the hollywood actor apparently uh, i i heard through friends that there was a big thing about him um being into cannibalism yeah i I don't know that I, I haven't looked into from, it and I don't think I want to, but geez. From, yeah, like from what I've read about that whole thing, I mean, of course, you never know with Hollywood. I feel like sometimes they over-exaggerate about shit, but like cannibalism is a hard thing to over-exaggerate about. <laughs> but apparently, like, so he's like divorced or separated from his wife. One of the girls or I guess girlfriend or something that he was seeing was saying that he was being like rough and would like, do stuff to her that she was uncomfortable with and then all these allegations came out of him being like really sexually deviant and would do stuff like that kind of led them to believe that he could be cannibalistic and to all the vegans out there I'm sure you're shaking (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) oh gosh 
Anyways, but, yeah. let's not dive too deep into that because that is not an appealing image. No, but I, I serial killers and like the study of criminology definitely fascinating and to anyone who does study it, like good on you. Um, and for people who don't but want to get a fix, you know, watch your crime shows. Lovely. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's like, wrap it up. You're like, this is too much. We, this is too dark. We need and to go back and, to happy it's stuff. Not even, it's not even that dark, and I'm I'm reacting like this. So what the heck? I still can't. I still can't <laughs> get the. Anisha took me a torture to a torture museum somewhere in Europe, and I was just yeah. Anyways, that's another tangent. Um, thoughts on this book, Anisha, <laughs> as the only one out of the two of us who read it. I would give this book a 2.5 to 3 rating and probably like truly rated as a 3 because it was a captivating story. It had some really good twists and turns, but one thing I look out for a book is how depthful are their characters, especially the main character or two, because that's what invites me in as well as like how it's being written. And overall, I enjoyed the book. And I would definitely recommend it to anyone who wants a good mystery, thriller, you know, serial killer novel to read. But I just felt like the author quickly wrapped up everything too fast. Or not fast, but after the mystery was solved, she was like, okay, guys, like, this is done, and this is done, and this is done. All good things. Happy ending. And I was like... Shit just happened, you know. I don't know how happy people are gonna be, <laughs> but like realistically, like I feel like that's not how life works. But yeah, I would definitely recommend for you, Atifa, to finish it as well. <laughs> okay, I was actually gonna ask how should I actually go back and finish. Um, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Um, Honestly, we'll never this, know. I would say this book would be best as a like an audiobook. Mm, I get that because it's one of those things where it's like you watch those you know like true crime podcasts this would be a fantastic audiobook and a part of me wishes that I did listen to it because I feel like I would have been more sucked in yeah lovely okay so what are we reading next week Anisha well guys stay tuned for next week's book what's mine and yours by Naima Koster a fantastic coming of age book that both Atifa and I are excited to delve in See you soon.